Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. The message today will be somewhat of a follow-up of last Sunday when I went out specifically and tried to get some young people involved in ministry. But it also applies to each and every one of you that are here. Simple title coming directly from the scriptures. Follow me. Now this phrase can be found 18 times in the King James Version of the New Testament. 13 of which comes directly from the mouth of Jesus. Now the idea is more than follow his example. It can also apply to following his pattern of leadership. As we look at these texts this morning, it's interesting to note the types of men Jesus called to follow him. The men identified in the response of reading that you read along with Minister Lee comprised half of Jesus' apostles, and one of those were a devil. So these are the majority of the men that followed Jesus. In fact, from this group came the three which is known in his inner circle. It is also important to examine who they were and perhaps some possible reason why Jesus Called these six men to follow him. As we look at our text, it comes on the heel of Jesus starting his earthly ministry. He was baptized by John in the Jordan River and acknowledged by God that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the text says, the Bible says, immediately he went into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Can I let you know that when God has called you and you have answered the call, that temptation will follow. So let's look at the first two. Men that Jesus says, follow me to. Mark chapter 16 and 17. Remember now he's coming from being tempted in the desert for 40 days. Perhaps at this time he has refreshed himself because the Bible says that an angel came and ministered to him. But it says, passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. 
Simon, who also is known as Peter, that same Peter that denied him later on, and Andrew were local fishermen. The response reading basically says they fished for a living. Fishing provides enough income for them to support their family by selling a few but eating most of it. Now, fishing is an art and a science. An art meaning that there is certain skills that you have inherent in you. A science is a method that you can follow every time. And being a fisherman, I know sometimes I have to find out where the fish are because fish ain't always in the same place. That's my art. But the science tells me if I don't put nothing on the hook, I ain't going to catch no fish. The other reason I believe that Jesus called these two first two is that fishing requires patience. See, a lot of people want to go catching, but that's not fishing. I have a lot of people want to go fishing. After five minutes, they're ready to go home because they're going to catch, not the fish. But Morgan, this equipped them for evangelism because they had the art and science of fishing and had the attitude of patience, they were more ready to receive people for Christ. Let's look at three and four. Mark writes in verse 19, and going on a little farther, he, meaning Jesus, saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat, men in their nets. Now, if you heard me when I talked about Peter and Andrew, I said a net. Here it says nets. Follow me. Just hold that thought. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Now, you can miss this quite often, but while all four of these are fishermen, there's a difference. See, John and James were businessmen in the fishing industry. In other words, they did more than just fish for themselves. They fished to make a living business by selling commercially. But they had also natural leadership skills. They trained others in their father's business. They had a natural inclination and desire for success. These men had goals. They put them in motion and they were going to be successful. They had more than one boat and more than one net. But now I want to just warn you of something. Their desire and inclination for success got them in trouble later on. You see, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, we get this. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's uh, children with her son, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And the bottom line is Jesus asked, okay, what you want, Miss Zebedee? And she said, I want John and James to be your secretary of state and your secretary of defense. 
because they had a natural desire to succeed. And by Jesus calling them, God wanted to use that, but he wanted to use it the right way. Let's look at number five, the fifth guy. Mark chapter two, verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Matthew. Levi is known as Matthew. He was a Jew employed by the Roman government to collect taxes from his own people, the Jews. Now, this position was prosperous, but it wasn't popular, especially among the Jews. The King James used the word publican. And whenever you see publican in the Bible, you're normally going to see sinner next to it. So why did Jesus call him? You see, Levi had a connection with other Jews who were outcasts. I want to show you why this is important. Look at Matthew's or Levi's own account of the same incident where Jesus called him to follow him. Look with me at Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 and 10. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew. Now, Matthew is writing. Why don't he say Levi? You see, Levi was a reverent name. It was the people who were in charge of the priesthood. Moses tried. Matthew didn't feel worthy to call himself by his given name, so he chose the Greek name given to him Matthew. He was sitting at the tax booth. That means he was collecting taxes. And as he was telling these people, you owe so much, the Roman government only required 10 cents, but I'm going to require a dollar. Jesus called him in that state. Jesus did not ask him to change. Jesus called him right where he was doing what he was doing and said, follow me. This is Matthew's account. He says, and he rose and followed him. Now look at verse 10. And as Jesus reclined at a table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Matthew didn't go out and try to get the elite. He didn't try to do anything different. He got people just like him who were other outcasts. Say, so you got to come here, and this man. And the last of these six, Philip. We have to go to John to get a glimpse of what Philip is talking about and what Jesus is calling Philip to do. John chapter 1, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip. And said to him, follow me. Why Philip? I think we can all identify with that because today Philip would be considered a minority. He was a Jewish or had Jewish origin, but he had a Grecian culture. 
known as Hellenistic. The Grecian Jews did not speak Aramaic. That's the common language that the Jews spoke. Nor did the Grecian Jews speak Hebrew, which was the official language of the Jews. They spoke Greek. And they were looked down upon by other Jews. But Philip was a gateway and a voice for the Grecian community to find Jesus. Again, we want to look at John chapter 12, verse 20 and 21. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, I like the way King James put it, we want to see Jesus. These people had a desire to see Jesus, but they realized they were Greek. Now, at least Philip was half Greek. At least had Greek culture. But they understood that if I go to somebody that thinks like me, I go to somebody that looks like me, I go to somebody that talks like me, I can get to who I need to get to. That's why sometimes evangelism has to be narrowed. Some people ain't going to receive it from somebody that ain't never been through nothing. Some of us that have been through something and I ain't afraid to admit it. I'm thankful for the people that we got in our congregation. Ex-alcoholics. Ex-drug addicts. Ex-prostitutes. Ex-homongers. They ain't ashamed to say they were one of them. I don't want to name some names, but I see some of y'all out there who have given your testimony. And if God can change them and make them vessels where they can speak his word, ain't nobody in here that they can't touch. The problem is that we so shame, we don't want no, nobody to know that we messed up, been messed up, still messed up, and going to mess up again. And we can't turn around the sin nature by ourselves. Amen. I'm thankful for the testimonies of Al Taylor, Samantha Moreland, and Joseph Brothers. I, I'm thankful for that. Xavier Dunbar and my own. Because I'm giving all glory to God. So what's the point of the message today? Jesus' invitational call to follow me is not restricted to any certain group. No certain gender, no certain age group. No certain race, social status. Jesus is calling people even today. He is still saying, follow me. So what does it take to answer the call? 
What does it take to accept the invitation? I got four things for you. Four things. Number one, know what you're getting into. Know what you're getting into. Matthew chapter 8, verse 19 and 20. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. See, following Jesus is not for glamour, glitz, or fame. This is not something you do, and I know a lot of people have done it, to get rich. Does that mean that you're going to be poor, you have to be poor? No, not in the least. But it does mean you need to know that you might not. That you might be homeless. Jesus was, just said he was. You might not have an EBT card or a job. Jesus didn't. So if you're going to follow him, know what you're getting into. But you hold that point now. You hold that point. Number two, Jesus must be your first priority. Must be. Must be. Let's look at the account in Matthew 8, chapter 21, 22. Another disciple said to him, Lord, implied, I will follow you. Let me first, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. This might appear that Jesus is unsensitive to family obligation. But something uh, Jeff Brothers said the other night in faith development. You have to view some things in the culture of the day. And without understanding the culture of the day, you'll miss the point here. You'll misinterpret this scripture. See, there are things known in that day about idioms. Idioms are examples to illustrate a point. This man's father has not died. What he's basically saying is, wait until I receive my inheritance. Once I got my inheritance, then I will follow you. Right. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, y'all want to make it a little bit plainer? When I get my life together, when I get this job, when I marry this person, then I'm going to straighten up. You see, this man wanted to follow Jesus according to his own terms, his own timetable, and his own schedule. Now, I want to get back to the point about being poor to follow Jesus. There was an incident where Jesus is, is, is confronting people, and Peter said, Lord, we don't left everything to follow you. What we going to get? 
Jesus told him, not only in this life, but in the next life, you're going to prosper. The point is, are you willing to follow him when he called you and you ain't got no place to go? We talked about this morning, Abraham and faith development. We saw him at the pinnacle of his career. Jeff brought out beautifully that the story ended good. After he was going to sacrifice his son, the God had to ram him in the bush. But Abraham had to leave a country not knowing where he was going. So when you're following Jesus, you can't get no roadmap. You can't rely on no GPS. If he say go north, you just get around 75 and head on. He must be your first priority. Number three. Daily dedication and sacrifice. And this gets most of us here. Luke gives us an account in chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to all, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Deny him or herself, Take up her or his cross daily and follow me. Following Jesus is more than a Sunday thing. Even though I can't even get some people to come to church on Sunday. Following Jesus is more than a Sunday and a Wednesday thing. Even though I can't get people to do that either. Following me is more than a Sunday, Wednesday, or special event thing. It's a daily thing. I believe the songwriter said, I was glad when they said to me, let us come into the house of Lord. Now some of y'all need to confess, how many of y'all was glad? How many of y'all came here, you really didn't want to, you just came because it's Sunday out of obligation? I mean, if I look on your face, you wasn't glad. You were just here. It's a daily thing. I thought about this earlier this morning. Count the hours of the day, minus out sleep. And then think about the hours that you really focus on Jesus. Was most of your time spent texting on social media, watching HGTV or NFL Network or the NBA? Was most of it spent on the phone talking to somebody else? How many times did you pick up your Bible compared to picking up your phone? Or that remote?
How many times were you excited about having lunch, but not excited about praying? It's a daily thing. Now, for my ministers this morning, y'all looking good. But see, you ain't going to have that on tomorrow. You, you ain't going to Megan State, Robinson Air Force Base, wherever you go. Sherman, you ain't going there tomorrow with that suit on and that badge on. But those people see you as these people see you. Are you maintaining your Christian character without the badge, without the collar? Y'all come next week. I got more to say about that. It's a daily thing. You guys are a minister wherever you go. Remember that. You guys with these outreach badges on. Are you outreaching outside? Or are you just coming here waiting for the invitation? To follow Roy back and now. Number four. The last one. Soul out for Jesus. Matthew 19. 21. And said to him, if you would be perfect, go sail. What you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. This is a story, it's not a parable, it's an actual event. Many theologians call this guy the rich young ruler, he was both. But this young man came to Jesus because he said something was missing in his life. He knew something was missing in his life. Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Was his question. Jesus told him if he wanted to be perfect, sell everything and follow him. But he was unwilling to give up his luxurious lifestyle to accept Jesus' invitation to follow me. Understand this word perfect don't mean perfection or slit sinliness or without error. It means whole, full grown, mature, adult. And some of us need to grow up. I got some take home thoughts for you. And then we can prepare the To receive the Lord's Supper. Take on thought number one, based on that last scripture. Leaders are not perfect, but they are faithful. They're not perfect, but they are faithful. Now, if you're following Jesus, and this is the house of the Lord, whenever there's something going on that's going to 
develop your faith, regardless of what you did outside or what you're doing, you can be faithful in coming. Move on, Dave. Thought to take on number two. Leaders just don't tell, they show. I know we got in school show and tell, but we're going to reverse that. They don't just tell, they show. You can't tell people to be faithful if you're not. You can't tell people to tithe if you don't show them that you're tithing. You can't tell them to trust God when it's obvious that you don't. If you can't show, you should not leave. If you're not faithful, you should not lead. You know why? Because you're not a leader. You're a participant. I want to give you a self-evaluation test from a scripture. John 10, 27. I want you to write this one down or remember it. John 10, 27. This is your self-test about following Jesus. My sheep. My sheep, Jesus is talking, my sheep hear my voice. If you ain't hearing Jesus, maybe because you ain't his sheep. If you can't hear him call to follow you, maybe you ain't his sheep. I know them and they follow me. Let me just skip it. My sheep follow me. You see, there are many who follow tradition. There are many who follow pastors. But there are very few who are willing to follow Jesus. Men have worked hard in the church and done a lot of wonderful things. But they never knew Jesus. More importantly, Jesus never knew them. And I say that with all love, but I want you to understand it. It's a bad thing to go to hell through the church. You're going to go to hell just going out there and party and do your thing. Ain't no sense in going to church. But unfortunately, according to Jesus' own words, there's a lot of people he never knew. And those words in Matthew 7, 23, are some of the most awful words ever heard. And I cringe every time I think about them because that's the last thing I want the Savior to say to me. We all want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But unfortunately, some people go going to hear, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. But I don't want to leave you with no hope. There's hope for those who follow him. Finally, in John chapter 12, verse 25 and 26. And listen to Jesus' plea here. Whosoever loves his life, lose it. Whosoever hates his life in this world, will keep it for eternity. If anyone serve me, 
If anyone serves me, if anyone serves me, he must. Not an option. He must follow me. And you young people, y'all better get a grip on this. Life is not promised to you. My wife and I attended a funeral yesterday of someone same age as our son, 51. And Pastor Morgan basically said, you got to find out what is life. And James tells us that life is no more than a vapor. Poof. And it's gone. Not promised to you. Those kids in Florida didn't think that what happened would happen. You need to have your business fixed now. You can't wait till you get a certain age. I know I thought the same thing. I'm going to live as big and bad and as evil as I want to, and then I'm going to give my life to Christ. And they tripped and said, serve the Lord in the days of your youth while you got something to give him. Don't wait till your teeth start to falling out. That's Bible too. Notice the be part of that. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If you're willing to accept Jesus' invitation, if you're willing to answer Jesus' call, you must know what you're getting into, make him your top priority. Dedicate yourself daily and be sold out for him. It all starts with surrender. You need to surrender your will, surrender your wants, and surrender your way. But before you can surrender your will, your want, your way, you must surrender your life. Here's the hope. If you obey Jesus' command and invitation to follow him, he will lead you to heaven. But think of the alternative. If you don't, you're following somebody else. And that somebody else is going to lead you to hell. You got only two choices. Follow the Lord Jesus to heaven or follow the devil to damnation. I'm sorry, that's it. That's it. So the question is, who will you follow? If you want to follow him, that's the only way you can do it. Stand with me. Great Vangelin thing, take your place. Sometimes we make this so complicated, and sometimes we miss it. But I just simply want you to pray this simple prayer. 
is so easy if you mean it in your home. If you would say to me, Lord Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. Save me now. I know what it had up there, and that's fine too. But I just wanted to make it as simple as possible. Because a lot of people in the church ain't saved. Who are you following? Amen. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.